Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Just a heads up, this is still me, Lonnie. Sinead hasn't replaced me with somebody else. <laughs> My voice just sounds a bit funny because I'm getting a cold apparently. But I don't feel like it, but I sound like it. You never get sick too. Well, I'm not yet, but maybe I am. Hmm. On with the podcast. <laughs> Good evening. Moonlight time. <laughs> Get it? Everyone's immediately switched I, off. <laughs> I won't explain that joke because it was already funny and you already got it. So. <laughs> Welcome to I Only Like You, um, movie review podcast slash talking about stupid stuff podcast. That great genre mix that everyone loves. It's just a classic uh, combination, isn't it? Much like Romeo and Juliet or Han and Leia. They all go together. Although those two didn't end up well. Anyway. Moving on. (laughs) This week we're talking about Moonlight, um, the 2017 Best Picture winner. Uh, We saw it a few weeks ago and it's been out for ages and Oscars are ages ago, but, you know, we're just getting to it now. Don't judge us. We don't get paid for this. Iconic duos is what I was referring to before. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to put that before if we need. No, that's fine. Before we get to Moonlight, Sine told me something recently, and it's to do with the topic of stupid school stuff. Stupid stuff you do when you're at school and stupid things that kids do. So Sine was trying to tell me about this well-known thing that apparently everybody does at all schools. No. Set the scene. I've forgotten how we got to it. We were at an IGA, which is an independent supermarket. Trying to buy some frozen oven chips. It's all come back to me now. You're because right. <laughs> they only sell the nice ones at IGA. And we walked past a little table that had like the little um, coloured hats that had pom poms on it and like craft supplies. And I was like, oh, it's for the Easter hat parade. How great is that? You've already got your hat started for you. No response from me. I don't know what's going on. I was like, well. What's an Easter hat parade? It's where at primary school you and all your parents. Made you a hat around Easter and you like stuck little chickens on and little pom-poms and like glitter and stuff. And then at school, generally at assembly or whatever, you'd all parade in all the little grades and you'd wear your hat and then someone would get the prize for the best hat. Like Easter bonnet parade, I think is the official term. Either my school never did that. Or it happened, and I have no memory of it because I'm blocking that memory of something so silly. <laughs> well, you didn't believe me at all at first. You thought it was something I'd made up. It was just doing in my backyard at home. I thought your mum would <laughs> we'll amuse today for a few hours this afternoon. <laughs> Tell us this is a tradition that everyone does. I had to Google it and show you pictures to show you it was a real thing. Uh, I never really, I never come across it. I don't think vaguely, maybe, but maybe I'm just. There are the parades. There's book parades and... Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows book parade. Yeah, you dress up as a character. An Easter hat parade. I wonder if it's a private school thing. It's possible. The God and stuff. Well, Easter's, I guess, is religious, supposedly. I I prefer the Easter that's about chocolate. (laughs) 
and getting a Friday off. But I mean, maybe that's why you didn't experience it. It's possible. But I, there's nothing like innately religious about an Easter hat parade, is there? And what was what were the origins of it? Did you? It was like when apparently for Easter because it's like new life and a new beginning. People would buy new clothes and wear their new clothes or the new hat that day. Yeah, okay. And some reason that's turned into children putting pom poms on a coloured hat. I don't know. So are you good with your hats? I don't think so. I never won. <laughs> well. But true. I've tried not to let that affect me for the rest of my life. So kids out there listening, if you don't win your Easter hat parade this year, there's still hope for you in the future. You could be co-hosting a podcast of your own. <laughs> Is it just a primary school thing as well? Yeah, yeah. Just primary school. Well, like what, you're going to get 17-year-olds making a hat and prancing around the school? I have no reference point <laughs> to put this against. So no. Yes, it was only in primary school. And did the teachers get involved? Did they get a hat? I don't remember. And did you make your own hats or did you make your parents help you? No, I think I think they helped, but they didn't like take over from memory. So would you get a new hat every year? Yeah, but it would be like just a cheap like $2 hat. What, what, what sort of hat are we talking about here? Not a baseball cap. No, 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 no. Like a so broad-brimmed hat. the ones that were at the shops were the broad-brimmed like sort of felt hats. But from memory, we also used, you know those like glitter bowler hats that you find oh, yeah. for like hens parties at $2 stores? Yep. Those kinds of things. Anything can be your hat. It's just the base <laughs> for a bloody a garden of creation. So you come in with like a cowboy hat or something or an Akubra and that'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. Any hat. Any hat. But you, any it'd hat be coloured. Yeah. And it'd have like feathers and little baby plastic chickens and like pom-poms that you glued on. Do you reckon that the man or woman who first invented the hat parade back in 1860-whatever, yep. if they were transported to early 2000s when you were doing hat parades, <laughs> would they be shocked at what has become of their little tradition about wearing a new shirt for Easter? I think so. They'd <laughs> be like, this is Next not what I meant at all. It's those... It's really cheap green glittery hats and someone's like got a pink pom-pom on it. And they're like, yeah, this is for Jesus. No, you would never enter an Easter hat parade with just one pom-pom on a green glitter hat. I mean, you'd be laughed out of the building. That's just ridiculous. You'd be beat up by the other kids. You would, but not putting <laughs> the, any effort in. The excellent hats that they wear for months on. Well, at my school, there were always the kids that tried to go high rather than quality and they tried to get like the highest hat. Like literally high <laughs> Yes. They've stuck ten hats on top of each other. No, no, no. Like they they glue like I don't know some paper to the top and try to make this big like big like Dr. Seuss cat in the hat sort of thing. Like like an Aztec, one of those statues. <laughs> it goes up. It's got ten heads. I mean, <laughs> not that big, but like a um, Abraham Lincoln style. Now I have no reference point. <laughs> <laughs> like a top hat. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And the, so you don't go high, do you go wide or do you just go just... You just go crazy. <laughs> you just go crazy. So what would you sort what sort of... Will you get a bag of coloured feathers? <laughs> what? From where? <laughs> the $2 shop from like arts and crafts stuff. They have feathers. Yeah, you can get like purple feathers yeah. and green poor, feathers. Poor animals they've gone to get the no, green feathers. No, they're not real feathers. <laughs> and you like stick them on with glue, like pipe cleaners. All the craft stuff we used to have, felt. Okay. I think we should do one this year, just you and I. I think <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> and we each take turns parading it around the living room. 
<laughs> well, this is how it started back when we kids, so that'd be good. All this talk of Easter hat parades has reminded me of something. The other day, we um, both said the same word at the same time. We, we both said to each other, jinx. Literally, I've not said that word in like 10 years. And if, in case you don't know what that means, it is a law. <laughs> or, it's in the Bible, I'm pretty sure. Lonnie, that is so offensive. How <laughs> is it offensive? It's a joke. Or is it? I haven't read the Bible. Maybe it is in there. <laughs> anyway, if you say the same word as somebody else at the same time and you say jinx, then they can't speak. Mm. Looking back, doesn't make much sense. I love that we all went along with it. We were all just like, oh, well, that's me done then until they say my name three times. I'm just... That's the rule, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because your, your, your ability to speak is literally taken away from that person in that, in that It's time. like Ariel in The Little Mermaid where she so, like, signs away her voice to Ursula. Yeah. But at my school we had a thing where if you were under a roof, it was fine. Yeah, I never heard that rule. I reckon what <laughs> happened was old David... Got accused of jinx, and he's like, "Oh nah, nah, I'm I'm under a roof. Yeah, you, you can't. Did you know that? Oh, you're so weird. You didn't and know that you can't be jinxed. Oh, yeah, the idiot. other person appeals. They take it to yeah. the high court. Yeah, I'm like, well, yeah, obviously. Next case, whoever smelts it, dealt it. <laughs> Where is this primary <laughs> school high court? <laughs> be a good little, little short film. It would, it? yeah. What about um, when it's the first of the month and you can pinch and punch somebody? Oh, but, yeah, I get you every month. But White Rabbit and Cross Fingers. No reason. Needs no reason. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're physically incapable of giving that back to me. I can, though. I could do it right now if I wanted to. No. That's not the rule. So it's only on the first of the month mm-hmm. when you can do it and yep. there's no legal recourse that the other person can. You've got me. It's the first. <laughs> well played, Jimmy. <laughs> I think I don't, the white rabbit comes from something as well, to, like Easter hat parade or something else, and has been. Well, no read means no returns. Well, yeah, I well, don't know what the cross fingers means though. Do you ever used to do a pinky promise and then people would cross their fingers behind their back? Well, you can lie if you do that. That's fine. No, because we used to have one where we do pinky promise and we go pinky promise and crossing fingers doesn't work. <laughs> That's what we used to do. It's like when you get a genie and they try and change the. Yeah, yeah. So we were covering our bases there. And you reckon the first time you did that, the first one was like, oh, shit, and then just pulled their hand. Yeah, totally fine. Yeah, totally well, fine. it doesn't matter anyway, yeah. Why is that okay if you just cross your fingers behind your back? How does well, that stop you from being getting in trouble for lying? No, I guess it means you're, you're not like Violet Baudelaire signing with the left hand. Is it like that? Awesome. Your full body's not agreeing on the thing? But surely you could just think, I'm not going to follow this promise or do what I'm told here. Next time you try thinking that without crossing your fingers, you'll find it doesn't mm, work. That's true. <laughs> what about the first kid who tried to do that? With his, his mum told him to go do something. He was like, yes, I'll do that. Had his fingers crossed. And then his mum came back later and, I, I told you to do this. I think you'll find, mother. <laughs> These two fingers are crossed. Was this child Sam? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like something I can't yeah. do. My <laughs> kid does what he said anyway. He wouldn't care. He wouldn't be crossing anything. He'd just be like, stop you. Kids are idiots, aren't they? <laughs> Let's face it. Yeah, they are. I feel like you don't believe me about the Easter hat phrase still. Well, here's the thing. You tell me this happens. I can't exactly go to a school on around Good Friday and be like, excuse me, can I come to the Easter hat parade? I showed you pictures online of other schools doing this. Well, I don't know how far this conspiracy goes. <laughs> <laughs> how many actors I've paid. <laughs> What fake website I had up. <laughs> Maybe we should buy some arts and crafts supplies this year and we can make an Easter hat each. 
Listeners, tweet us if you want us to do this. One of us is very much on board and the other one is very much not. See if you can guess who. Can't we just do the chocolate like we normally do? We do the chocolate, but don't you think it'd be fun to make a hat? What about a chocolate hat? Mm. Wouldn't want to wear it. Um, Wouldn't eat it. Yeah. <laughs> what was that question? It's Easter. That's chocolate. Okay, fair enough. No reason. <laughs> All right, then. Going from a very frivolous topic of Easter hats and idiots, I guess <laughs> you'd say, get onto a very serious movie called Moonlight, directed by Barry Jenkins. Uh, adapted from a play by Terrell Alvin McCraney. I don't think it was ever published, though. He's a playwright for America, but this play was sort of never made, and that's how they, they based the script off it anyway. Right. Um, it's a very, very sad story, isn't it? Yeah. It's about a um, black kid growing up in America. It's based in, in cut up into three different parts from his as a kid as, at school, doing very... Serious things. Mm. I'm like, no hat parades in this film. No. <laughs> and then um, him as an adult. It, it won Best Picture, obviously. It's very well well regarded by lots of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad I saw it. And I appreciate nearly everything that was happening in the film. Yeah. For me, it was one of those films that after you watch it, you look back and you're like, yeah, that was really well made, really well done. But yeah. as you're watching it, I don't know, it was very confusingly done some bits. Like, I didn't know it was going to be in three different parts. I didn't, I didn't know, know what was happening. Either, no. There was going to be time jumps and stuff. Yeah. And it was a bit of a head-scratcher while you're watching it. Mm. And because there's lots of serious um, subject matter as well, I don't know if it's very fun to watch. No. Unlike some other movies. But still, you know, tremendous in lots of ways. What do you think, Sine? I'm the same. I appreciated it, but I didn't love it. Um, I don't know, for me... It was very, I don't know. I didn't know it was split into three parts, and I think if I knew that before I was going in, that would have helped me understand it a little bit better. I felt like the film as a whole, okay, I'm going to preface this with something. Firstly, I feel a bit self-conscious that I can't be critical of the film without being accused of racism (laughs) because of the arguments that have been constructed by people. Because of all the brouhaha around exactly versus yeah. la la land and we've just talked about that in the oscars podcast we did a few weeks ago yeah totally so i'm cautious i'm not racist but i didn't love the film and for me the main thing that i didn't like about it was that there was no purpose at the end of the film there were so many questions not unanswered but just it didn't really go anywhere or do anything and i was left with a sort of so what feeling at the end like He's had a hard life and he'll probably continue to have a hard life and I don't understand what I'm supposed to take from that into my own life. Like, I don't understand what the point of it was. And it's not to say films need purpose necessarily. I mean, look at Boyhood. That doesn't really have a purpose. It's meandering and so are the Before series. But there's more about the characters there than the story. Whereas this, I don't think I... I don't know. I just needed needed something to be achieved or it just wasn't enough for me to just meander. I was still waiting for what the actual movie, when the real movie was going to start when I was watching, you know. Mm. I was waiting for the preface to be over with. Just to your point about, don't want to sound racist, you're not saying it's bad because the black people are in it. So, no, yeah. no. But I do, I do get what you mean, yeah, with the whole. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I think it's very much in the art house tradition where things mm. aren't necessarily resolved. There's no clear um, goal in mind for the character to achieve. Mm. It was more of a snapshot of this one life this this one guy had 
And maybe that is from its theatrical beginnings as well. Yeah. Perhaps, the, you know, in the theatre, those sort of things happen more in as opposed to a Hollywood movie where everything gets wrapped up in the end. I'm not saying I wanted it all wrapped up, though. just want to be clear. I'm just saying it didn't have enough point to, to me. Yeah, I know what you mean. I was saying Hollywood films generally yeah. have that sort of stuff and that's where you can, yeah. you don't you know what journey you're on, you kind of... You know what we're going for, what yeah. we're just trying to achieve, yeah. While these sorts of films are kind of, you know, atypical compared to that. Mm-hmm. The main thing I didn't like about the three different chapters, mm-hmm. I liked the whole setup of doing that. However, lots of interesting stuff happened off screen. They yes. didn't show us lots of interesting stuff. They told us all the time, oh yeah, I've been struggling to find a job or oh yeah mm. i've been doing this and we didn't see any of it like part of that's interesting but i'll say this one thing which i both like and dislike so the first half or so of each new chapter or well, apart from the first chapter you're wondering how this is happening what's happening here who are these characters like what's yeah. happened to them and that's cool because there's like a sense of discovery when you find out what's happened to the mum where he's been with his yeah. friends and stuff and especially in that last chapter spoiler alert he is become a criminal and you know yeah that's a distinct difference from when he ended the second chapter when he was still at school mm-hmm. so it's kind of interesting like oh what's happened but also what's happened <laughs> yeah it's cool you got that little bit of wonder about what's happening to these characters but also you kind of think well is that enough yeah is that interesting enough to have that wonder of what's happened between these times in his life when you've got to piece it together in your mind mm. compared to perhaps seeing some of that transformation. And for me that wasn't enough. Like mm. I didn't I wasn't invested enough. It wasn't interesting enough to me. The thing, just building on what you said about the three different chapters, something I really struggled with with sounds like a petty complaint was that the three different parts are played by three different actors, which is fine. Because he's little boy, teenager, adult. Adult. But I did not once think that they were playing the same character. And... I had that thought while watching the film. They have no similarity in physicality. There's no similarity in cadence of speech. And the opposing argument would be, oh, that's the point. He's changed as a person, blah, blah, blah. But he's not going to change in his core, like, how he is and who he is as a human. And after coming back from the film and reading, the director purposely didn't want the actors playing each section of the character to meet because he wanted them to have their own approach for that thing that was, un, I don't know, untouched by the other actors, which I get in theory, and I think it's a cool thing to do, but it didn't work. So I think it's cool that he tries something new by doing that, but I don't think that worked. Well, for me especially, I didn't buy that the teenager was building off what had happened because that actor had not even thought about, well, they really thought about it. I don't know, I just... I feel like when there's multiple actors playing the same character, it is so important to discuss it and figure out who the character is. And you can add your own bits onto it, especially the later guys as they were building on the initial one, and they didn't have to discuss that with the other actors. But just for the foundation, for the base, I all I saw were three different actors. I didn't see the character at all. And I don't know if that was maybe the point because he's called by three different names in the sections. And if that's the point, you know, fair call, you know, you've done a good job. I just don't, I think he was trying too hard to do a cool thing instead of just thinking about how this can work. I think it was the point. Yeah. I think that was the point that he was, was different and changed so much between those three different times we see him in his life. 
Yeah. What would you want it though? Would you want them to be have different same physicality, the way they walk, the way yeah, they do? Yeah, just something look similar. What's the? Well, I just wanted more similarity between the. I don't know if I wanted more physicality or if I wanted more resemblance. I just wanted something that linked it, and there was nothing that linked. And I think if there was something that linked, that would help your argument, which when you're trying to catch up with what's happened before. Mm. I just feel like I'm entering a new story with a new person in each chapter, and can, that's probably the point. Can I devil advocate something to you? Is that a verb? For a change. <laughs> hey. Did this bother you in Lion? Um, little, little boy compared to... Yeah, it did a little bit. Mm. Not as much, though. Okay. Um, I don't know why that is. I think maybe in that there was such a big jump. It was him as a kid and then him as an adult. Mm. Whereas there wasn't as much time between these three. Like it was child, teenager, young adult, Mm -hmm. rather than five-year-old to 25-year-old, where I could envisage stuff happening between them that would change you. I don't know what my argument is. You just didn't really feel I like they were the same character. No. That's probably that's that's a fair enough comment. I just I'm just wondering what it was that Lion did perhaps that was better or different compared to what Moonlight did. Well that I think mm. I kind of Yeah, I think that's my answer. That there was more time so I could have ha- I could accept the fact that he was very different. Whereas in this there were three short segments that were building on each other and that referred back to each other and there was no connection there for me. What about them. in Love and Mercy where Paul Dano plays the young Brian Wilson yeah, and John Cusack plays the older by 20 or so years Brian Wilson? Yeah, that did not bother me at all. I don't know why. I think it was maybe because that was a flashback sort of film where mm, I felt okay. sort of like there were two stories happening simultaneously. Mm. I liked it in that film because the younger Brian Wilson, spoilers for all this, He's going through, like, psychosis and mm. the drugs of unlocking stuff in his mind and he, yeah. he's going through all the troubled time. So, and by the time he becomes John Cusack, he is a different man from what he was when he was Paul But Dano. that links, though, right? You know why? Because he continued on that path, the drugs. And he met up with the bad, the crazy doctor and stuff, yeah. yeah. But I is that not the same in this one where he, he was a teenage kid who... Yeah. got beat up and then reacted and then next minute he's become... went to jail and has become a big... Oh, I guess so. I guess so. Maybe to watch it again, knowing that it's going to be three stories. Maybe, but then the thing that you just referred to about him going to jail—we didn't see any of that. What's the old adage of "show don't tell" in cinema? This told everything, and didn't they almost cut out all the good bits and the interesting bits? They did the cut the wrong way, and we've Mm. got the scraps instead of the bits that were cut out that we actually were the real movie. Mm, Definitely. I agree. I think some of that stuff off screen would have been interesting. However, I do think like it was done for a reason to show him at mm. that point and what's happened to him and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Maybe it needed another time bit in the middle, another him in prison or something, I don't know. Or like a, a boyhood sort of thing where we see him every year for a bit. So that's okay because the same actors, but also... But yeah, that's a you, very different example though, isn't it? But you, you come back every year and you see more of the journey rather than this one. You sort of... Thrown, in, thrown right into different parts of his life. Maybe that's why I didn't like then, the fact that it was too... Too, um, too random, sort of. Yeah, mm. they, they, there wasn't enough connection between them for me. Mm. But I know that was the point, so that's fine. 
it just didn't work for me personally. Performances are great though, aren't they? Best performance was Mahershala. He is only in the first third of the film, the he's, first he's section. Still one. Anyone best supporting actor. So I mean, he's wonderful. Yeah. We've watched him since he was Remy on House of Cards, and we were in love with him in Cottonmouth. Yeah, Luke Cage. And he was in um, Hidden Figures, which we mentioned hmm. a little while ago. He's amazing. Like he's such an incredible. His performance in this, honestly, I was breathless with a few of his monologues. I was just he, totally dumbfounded. He got to the point where he wasn't acting, was he? No, no. Mm. And I never questioned his character, mm. whereas I did question Chiron's character all the time. What about um, Janelle Monet? I am, like, obsessed with her. She is amazing. <laughs> she is so cool. She did a really good role in this. She did, yeah. But- I don't, she wasn't in the third one, was we? We didn't really know what happened to her. No, that was unanswered too. Yeah. That's the point, though. Like, like you don't know, know all the I things know. in life and stuff. It's not a story. Like maybe a... maybe this isn't commentary on the film itself. Maybe it's just me. I don't like this, these kinds of films. Yeah. But, you know, I think that's important to say for people listening. Don't, like, if you're like me and don't really like this kind of jumpy stuff, then you won't like it. But if mm-hmm. understand that it's well, me that has this issue, not necessarily the film. And Naomi Harris is really good too, isn't she, as... Sharon's mum. Yeah. Apparently she said early in her career that she would never play a drug addict. Really? But then she got this role and it was so great. She did it anyway. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, isn't it, with all the talk about how great this film is because it features a black cast and it won Best Film and it's had a lot of stuff about that. But it portrays the black community, inverted commas, in a quite a negative light. Like it's quite a low socioeconomic drug-filled environment, which I feel kind of like are the only stories we can tell about black people, ones where they're poor and addicted to drugs. Like, I feel like we could do a lot better than that. Not saying that this film shouldn't have been made or or shouldn't have been told. I'm just saying this is kind of the first black, really prominent film to win something like this. Is this really... I just feel a bit of, you know, white people's superiority saying, yes, you're a good film, but only if you're portraying black people, you know, in this way. Can I say something? Yeah. Devil's Advocate again. Is it negative if it is truthful? Would a negative portrayal be something that is not truthful? If If this film is showing those communities how they are and this one boy struggle and this growing up like this, and it's truthful to what actually does happen. Yeah, well, maybe, to... maybe that's a good thing then. Yeah, I'm saying is it negative if it was doing something that was wrong, if the, all these black people were bad or stupid or something? You know, I mean, that difference between... I know what you mean, yeah, and probably probably no. Like maybe my argument's more than why can't we have more positive stories featuring black people? Yeah, I just, I just thinking about that, that phrasing you used about whether... I know what you mean by negative, but it's not... The film isn't bad because of its betrayal. It's betraying no, no, no. stuff that is is not on the right side of. of yeah, sorry if that's if that came across strangely. I I didn't mean this is like betraying them as bad people or yeah, anything yeah. like that. I meant it's not really it's not a very empowering story. And I I know what you mean though about they can win awards if we show them in this certain way. Yeah, it um it's very very strange. It's almost that called like grief porn or something like that mm. where 
you go for a few hours and watch all these bad people and you feel better about yourself because you've got a good life compared to you know, people in Africa or, yeah. you know, people growing up in, in certain environments. We, I don't know if it's exactly like that, but no, no, that's, no. you know, could be something similar. We had a bit of a racism event in Australia a year or so ago or a couple of years ago where a footballer performed an Indigenous sort of dance on the field and idiots, you know, um, put their arms up and shouted about it. But the criticism about that was you're happy for them to be Indigenous when it suits you mm. and I'm worried this is the same kind of thing. We're happy to have black people on screen when it suits us. If it fits the, if narrative, it fits the narrative of them being exactly yeah, poor as and lo- doing drugs and drug dealers and stuff. As long as they're not coming into the white community and, and you know, mm. um, smothering us with their blackness or their Indigenousness. Yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. I wasn't trying to have a go at you. No, no, I know. I just thinking about that. Yeah, I don't have the answers either. It's interesting mm. to think about. I think my main complaint is that why aren't more films made with black people, which, you know. Mm. It's the same thing about I take a film like Grand Torino, which I quite like, mm. but in that film the Asian community is there to be saved by an old white guy. Exactly, yeah. The old white saviour yeah. thing, which isn't part of Moonlight, but that no, sort no, of no. thing. It's okay. They, they fit the right narrative that already reinforces stuff that we mm. think and know and... Yeah, I do wonder if Moonlight is reinforcing that narrative or if it, coming from a black perspective, from a, they're yeah. making the film, yeah. whether they're finally telling... The story the way that it should be told yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So. It's interesting. I just think it's an interesting thing to talk about. I'm not saying I don't know the right answer. It's just, I think it's important to have these discussions. Yeah, totally. And I'll just say something wider about this whole issue. It's that, isn't it funny that the film that has black people made by black people is a black film, but and it has to be viewed through that lens and we have to think yeah. about these sort of topics while a film with white people or a mixed cast is just a film. It's not necessarily a white people film. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe that's me, my own, you no, know. I, no, perhaps. I, I was thinking. Aware, but... Perhaps, yeah. And obviously there's issues with representation and things, but I hope we get to the point where a film like Moonlight could be made and the, the biggest thing about it that we all talk about isn't the fact that there's black people in it. I agree. Um, but at this stage in humanity's history, it's yeah. still important. So, But maybe it's important that it is the most important thing about it because without yeah. this first stage, there will not be the next stages of acceptance. Totally. And, and even just um, where it's common, like where it's, you know, yeah, and, and think about like spoken upon. All the people growing up, all, everyone who was not white, before 2008, growing up in America, would never think they could become president, say. Yeah. And now yeah. Obama's been there. Some people will think, you know, I can do that too. Mm. What about all the young people who are creative and from a non-white background? They can look now and be like, well, I can make a film that can win Best Picture and I can win all these awards. Yeah, fair enough. And yeah. that's that's a great thing too. That's why we need more superheroes who are black. We need more people yeah. of all different faiths and representations. I think I was worried, yeah. like, that the character in this film... There's he, no happy ending and no, no big empowering moments. Exactly. Like, he's not exactly a role model. No. But so, I just hope that it's not reinforcing those stereotypes and it actually yeah. is doing the empowering stuff as well. Yeah, totally. Perhaps it's, yeah, the, the content versus the production is yeah. becoming an issue there. Yeah. Hmm. Just changing gears for a second, I wanted to mention some of the technical things I didn't like and you know exactly what they're going to be. I know that you do. But I wanted to know what you thought about them. A lot of moments where two characters are having a conversation in the middle of a scene and it'll be shot quite conventionally, like shot, two shot, over the shoulder, 
quite yeah. how you're Shorabesh used shot. to, yeah. yeah, how you're used to seeing it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it'll cut to a close-up and they'll be looking down the lens of the camera and speaking to you as if you're the other character. Almost a point of view shot for the other character. Yeah, sort of. Sort of. So it's it's not a fourth wall breaking and it's not quite a POV, but sort of that. Like you take the perspective of the other person yeah. they're talking to. Yeah. And it happens a few times throughout the movie. He's mum a lot, doesn't it? Especially. Yeah. yeah. And I hated it. It took me out of it so much. And every time it happened, I noticed it was happening. And not in a, oh, cool, I'm this person now. In a really like, oh, just get out of that shot. I want to go back to seeing what's actually happening. It's like when we watch the tennis and they have the shot that's really close to the player as they're playing the tennis. And I was like, oh, quick, cut from that shot. I just want to see the big, like, see what's happening. What did you think about that? What was the purpose of that? Why? <laughs> well, it's probably to make you feel uncomfortable when she's yelling at Chiron and all of a sudden she's looking at you watching and you are Sharon. You, you feel more of that uncomfortableness. Yeah. I don't think and I felt uncomfortableness about being him, though. I think I felt uncomfortableness at the shot selection. Oh, you felt uneasy, yeah. Yeah, perhaps. I guess so. Didn't, I didn't mind it, so. Okay, yeah. Perhaps it's Sine again. It's me again, everyone. Just <laughs> see the film, ignore me. <laughs> what I've been doing a podcast. Don't pay attention to my opinion. Eric, you perfectly entitled to opinion. You've expressed it very well here. Doesn't mean I have to have that opinion or anyone else has to. It's okay. I'm not saying that you do. Yeah, but don't say that you can't talk about it. You can talk about it, okay? It's a safe space. <laughs> Everyone's fine here. You can say what you want. Okay. That's fine. I, I, I think it's an interesting way, and it goes to the art house sort of vibe they were going for in this film that they would have that sort of shot in there. Didn't do enough to annoy me. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that trailer we saw for the new Terrence Malick film with um, Tom Hilson in it and Ryan Gosling, and it was all shot in like a fish eye. They're playing oh, the music. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know the name, so I'm very... It's like we shot on a GoPro or something. It's so mm, strange. I want to see it, though, because it's crazy, because it's different. Maybe it's really, it was, you know, yeah, getting into that different. Maybe. And you're right in the conversation because you're in between them, you know? Yeah. I guess I didn't feel a part of it. I felt just... Weird It out. took me out of it. It didn't yeah. engross me in the film more. That's fair enough. Like, you're perfectly entitled to that opinion, name. No one here will say you're not allowed to say that. But thank you for saying that I am. Thank you for giving me permission. I'm just reinforcing <laughs> that this is a good place and we're all friends here. We're not. People listen to this who aren't our friends. Are they even listening to this? If you're listening to this, I'm being held captive by now. <laughs> send the police. Don't actually. Don't. No, don't actually. Don't say that. They're going to send them and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I was joking. Hey, You've everybody. done so many jokes that people take seriously. <laughs> That's what makes them funny. <laughs> Was it what makes it really uncomfortable for me being like, oh, no, it's fine. Don't mind him. Don't mind him. <laughs> Ignore him. Okay, Moonlight. Very well-made film, interesting film. Didn't quite hit that connective tissue in our hearts. No. I wasn't crying at the end and I felt like I should have been, but yeah. I wasn't. Cool. Go see it. What would you rate it? Well, like a four, I guess, but I'm not going to run out to watch it again, but I out probably should, you know. Yeah. yeah. I think I'd give it a, I want to say two and three quarters, but I think that's a bit harsh. Three then. No. Say what you want. Two and three quarters, damn it. (laughs) 
<laughs> I did that because I thought 2.5 was a bit low. So I just yeah. gave it the extra 2.5. <laughs> I mean, 0.25. I think it's a film that will come revisit soon. And... Nah. We should revisit some. We some. should, but I. this is going to be a movie that we'll buy and it'll sit on our shelf and you'll be like, you want to watch Moonlight? And I'll be no, like, no. I'm not going to buy it. We'll just see it sometime and watch it again. See if it's annoys you. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, thank you for listening to our vague mutterings about weird school stuff and Moonlight. Incoherent mess that we are. If you like this podcast, thanks. Play friends, leave a review, leave us a rating. The people listening to our show don't have friends. That's why we're stuck on the like, 10 views. It's true, ten. yeah. <laughs> Make some friends, then tell them about this podcast. Message us on Twitter. We are at only... What? I only like you pod. I only like you pod. That's us. So please send us a message. Yeah, it'd be good to hear from you. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.